0: We have no idea what this guy's saying. I can make fun of your speech impediment. We're pretty sure he's talking pro-wrestling. Well, at least we hope so. Tonight's show will be dedicated to everyone who has been affected by this terrible incident. You're listening to Spare Change on WrestlingAudio.com. And there's nothing worse than a superstar who peaks too early. Welcome to WrestlingAudio.com. My name's Dangerous Dave, and you're listening to Spare Change. This is going to be a review version of Spare Change. If you follow me on on I believe it is, on Facebook. If you watch uh, follow me on Twitter or Facebook or anything like that, you'll see that I recently just watched the Andre the Giant HBO documentary and I commented as I was watching this probably is something I'm gonna wanna comment on, make a spare change or something on. So this is what I'm doing. As always you're gonna get in touch with me. Easiest ways on Twitter at DJS316, the WrestleMania website for the Facebook page. Lots of ways to get in touch with me. Now obviously WrestleMania is coming on and one of the main things One of the things that everyone always remembers from WrestleMania is the body slam, the slam heard across the world. Andre the Giant being slammed by Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 3. This uh, this documentary is specifically about Andre the Giant. Now, it is surprising. I'm, I'm not sure whether they will do this. I know they've had screenings where they've been in theater so maybe they're doing that to make it eligible but i would be very surprised if they didn't uh, try and get some kind of traction behind this so i think they released it at the wrong time uh, for things like the academy Awards. they should have probably done this like sundance uh, and those type of things because i think this is probably one of the strongest documentaries i've seen in a really long time it really, you know, you could tell the HBO made this and not WWE. Uh, I think WWE would have been a lot more uh, clip, a lot more clip, clip heavy on this. Plus, there would have been an absence of a Mr. Hogan, uh, in, in my opinion. What I liked about this, the, the, the HBO documentary series, they did, they, they do a lot of these things. And I, I think, I say, I just, I, I believe. That they should have probably held out on this and maybe trying to get this a nomination because I really think it was when you consider it to when you compare it to things like documentaries about Muhammad Ali and those type of documentaries that I think we were we were kings when when we were kings uh, which one probably about a decade ago now but it was a really good documentary about um, Muhammad Ali and I, I just think f- fantastic um, documentary this one I was really surprised by. I'm not a huge fan of Andre the Giant, if I'm brutally honest. I think he's a spectacle. You know, he is one of the one of the big guys, one of the main sort of draws, the main people. You know, when you think of the Hall of Fame, he is one of those sort of cornerstones. He was obviously the first person inducted uh, after he died. And for me, I really only have a limited memory of Andre the Giant, which is obviously him from WrestleMania 1, to when he died, which so there's really only maybe six, seven years of of wrestle, you know, probably not even that to be honest. Yeah, you know, um, but you know I only really know him from bits and pieces here and there. Uh, obviously the match against Hogan, the match against uh, Big John Studd at WrestleMania one, uh, the match against I believe he wrestles Hogan again at WrestleMania four, and then of course the WrestleMania six. Haku and Andre versus Demolition, which is when he had this like the final face turn, and I think for me, watching this documentary made me just realise just how important Andre the Giant was, even in the sense of you know when you when you compare it to Hulk Hogan, I think Hulk Hogan came at the right time and he was that tent pole that they could put, you know, the whole of the WF on. And you kinda get the feeling that if Vince McMahon had come in earlier, if he'd have come in sort of early seventies, if cable had been an option, I don't know if it was, I'm really not sure how. I don't believe that was like a you know late seventies, early eighties thing. But if that had been an option, I think probably Andre the Giant would have been that sort of focal feature because he was someone who drew an audience. I mean, a lot of the times, if you've seen a film, there's a recent film out, so not quite recent, but about P.T. Barnum called The Greatest Showman. The real thing about that is that it is about bringing freaks and the notoriety and how people will come and watch a bearded lady and, you know, a little man and someone, your Siamese twins and all these type of things. They They will come and they will watch that. In a way, unfortunately, that's what Andre the Giant was. He didn't need a gimmick; he was the gimmick. The documentary is very interesting. I think if you're someone who don't, like me, doesn't have any real knowledge of Andre the Giant beyond his sort of uh, like later stage of his WWE career, you would really, I I found it really fascinating. That I was surprised just learning from it that the Princess Bride actually came after WrestleMania three. I thought that was a because of WrestleMania three, he got. Princess by me, it was just the way that it was released uh, I thought it was, he, he got that sort of you know, later on in his career, but I was surprised at everything it was, you know, we all knew the story, I mean from what I've heard I've heard the stories about you know him drinking 200 bottles of beer and you know not being able to get into the, the bathroom and a plane and the problems with the car, uh, they have a I think it's Tim White who's the re- I know him as, as the referee but he was apparently for many years he was his Andre's handler, which seems like such a—you kind of get the feeling they should have probably used like his assistant, but really that's what he was. He was the handler. He was the guy who would find the—he you know, he, he makes some comment about you know, him finding things for Andre. And you do understand when you when you watch him, you know, just you know, there's a picture of him. You're sitting on a plane and he's basically sitting across. But I can only assume he's either one, either two or three seats and you don't you don't really you don't realize just how big he is there's some great archive footage of him from his early years when he didn't he wasn't you know i've always you know, seen him as this big barrel-chested giant when when he was quite still quite alive and it's quite uh, it's, it's like when you see the big show when you see the big show when he was younger um, i more i also imagine the big show being this huge uh, barrel-chested you know superstar and instead you He's quite he's quite agile and thin. Really, when you look at him in his early years, the documentary as I say is very very interesting. Uh, they interview more or less they interview all the right people. The the, the interview obviously Vince McMahon. They interview Hulk Hogan. Uh, a lot of Andre's family are interviewed, and also you know, p- people like, like Dave Meltzer. A few sort of um, sports journalists are um, are, are interviewed. And I think that the 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 things that I found were interesting were just the little stories that they would tell to so Jean It's kind of interesting. I obviously I watched this on YouTube. I don't I don't know when it's actually going to be released here in the UK properly. We have a, a channel here called Sky Atlantic, which is kind of like our version of HBO, uh, where we get Game of Thrones and that type of thing. And um, they haven't. Any, like shown there's going to be any kind of release of this but I kind of do hope that they do give us an official release I watched it on YouTube the interesting thing was I watched obviously the documentary and at the end it went you know that the next video it came up with was a, a shoot interview with King Kong Bundy there's a part of me that maybe thinks I really shouldn't have watched this one but I think it kind of played automatically it was only like a two minute uh, video um so while i was still trying to fumble and trying to find the um, remote it basically played it all and they do sort of they, they do brush on this slightly but they don't um in regards to just how influential you know the andre the giant was in regards to whether he could make or break someone you know they, they talk about um you know how you know he didn't like randy savage didn't like him at all and he would basically just brutalize him But this never really explained why, you know, this sort of, this sort of, you know, he disrespected him, but it's not really any kind of, you don't really understand why it was. But, you know, when you hear the story, you're kind of almost meant to laugh at it as kind of like a rib thing of, you know, he didn't like, he didn't like Randy Savage and that type of thing. But when you hear the story from King Kong Bundy where he says... Andre, he calls him. He calls him some derogatory terms, but basically saying about how Andre the Giant could literally bury your entire career if if Andre the Giant didn't want to work with you, or didn't want to put you over, or didn't want to not even just put you over because obviously he was undefeated for 15 years, but it didn't want to work properly with you. He could literally bury you. He could. He could say. I mean, there's there's the story that Hulk Hogan tells about WrestleMania three, which I thought was fascinating to be honest. Where he talks about how they literally created that match because Andre obviously at that point was so limited in what he could do. Hogan was so panicked about what they were going to do that he wrote basically a script of move for move, almost like the way Randy Savage used to do um, move for move, what they were going to do. And all the way through the weeks and weeks and days leading up to WrestleMania three, Andre would basically not, 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 not commit as to what he was going to be doing. And then, you know, on the day, you know, he's just playing cards and it's, um, it's a fascinating story and then eventually when they get to the match he's doing Hogan's script basically move for move and it's a it's you know it's really interesting to see that i found the whole documentary uh, just fascinating there was a point where they were you know they reveal that he, you know, he has a daughter i didn't even know that i mean i, I just I, I you know he it's kind of one of those expected um and you know, it's not that I didn't expect him to have a daughter, but you know, you don't—I don't remember ever seeing his family or anything like that. So it was really surprising to see that he had a daughter. He had—I don't think he had a wife, but he had a daughter. And you know, he used to—you know—he used to go and see her when he was around her town. But that was basically the only interaction. It kind of reminded me of the whole uh, Jake Roberts, him and his daughter. But it was very, very. Quite sad, really, when you when you when you heard those. A lot of it was quite sad. Um, you know, there was a lot of points where people were sort of breaking down, talking about how you know just how battered and and you know and just you know injured he was. I mean, they, they talk about how I mean they don't do it in this way, but really they should have done it in this way. But they talk about how um, Andre the Giant in about eighty six eighty seven was done. He was done, and Vince says, you know, he basically came up and says, you know, I'm done. They told me about. About surgeries and have for my back, but I'm done. Yeah, Vince, convinced him to go and get these surgeries so that he could do WrestleMania three, and he kind of plays it like I gave Andre something to live for, and it's I don't want to say it's kind of shady, but it kind of remi- it reminds me of when people talk about the old you know, the old business of wrestling, where they would basically just ride that horse until they have to shoot him. That's kind of what it felt like to me listening to it. Of you know, you know, Vince McMahon. I mean, he. He he plays it off, and in some ways you can understand him saying, "Look, I'm going to give you something to live for." But when you hear the latest stories about how you know him, you're going on and still wrestling, and he could barely move, he could barely walk. And there's a part of me that thinks, "Well, if that was the case, why didn't he just let him have that one massive match with Hogan and then just let him retire?" Maybe it was because Andre didn't want to do that. Maybe they don't really. Explain why he carried on because I think Dave Meltzer talks about the WrestleMania three match basically saying about how limited it was, but it was basically catered for Andre's limitations. And if you watch that match, I went back and I watched that WrestleMania three match, and it's not a good match. It really isn't. However, and you know, I think the problem with that match is that the Randy Randy Savage Ricky Steamboat is on the same pay view, and that is obviously by far the greatest match of all time. But when you watch that match you watch the spectacle you watch how it was done the the emotions behind it the selling uh, so much of that match worked you know I, I forget I, I'm sure Meltzer gave it like worst work match of the year or something like that well, and it probably was it probably was in regards to that but I think the build the way it was the way it was performed I would say you know the, the selling the the initial you know he goes to slammer him and he falls o- over I mean you know, Hogan talks about how you know the um he goes for a bear hug, which is like a fourth you know three four minute spot, and that was literally because that's all Andre could do, but you watch halfway through it and he does this body slam of Hogan. It's almost like I don't want to compare it to like a Daniel Bryan thing where it's like there's almost like he's got his his uh, his um, his punch card for his for his bumps, and he he can, he knows he can do right this 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 and this, and that's kind of how I watch WrestleMania. Th- that WrestleMania three, match. That's probably how I'm going to have to watch it. Uh, it's not a great match, and I I'll, I'll be the last person in the world to say that it is. But in regards to what it meant meant to the business, it probably is one of the most important. Matches definitely one of the most important moments in wrestling history. The only thing I have an issue with with this documentary is that it is, I don't even know what it is about it, but there's just there's this one part where obviously they have to explain how the wrestling business was going. And I think it is probably made this is probably the way that WB wouldn't have done it. I think WWE would have realized that we know how the business worked, but they have this whole sort of five minute section where they explain how the territories work and how Hulk Hogan came to be. And it was like, this isn't about Hulk Hogan. This isn't even specifically about WrestleMania, like WrestleMania three. This is about Andre the Giant. And it just felt, what it reminded me of, and I love David Attenborough. And if you watch, uh, I don't know if you get, I mean, I'm sure you do, uh, BBC America, they do a lot of his sort of documentaries. where he He's just done one called Blue Planet 2. And he does like those type of things where he'll just talk about, you know, Whatever it is, but usually when he focuses on an animal, so you'll you you'll be talking about let's just say he's talking about leopards, let's just say it's leopards, and then halfway through you'll start talking about foxes who just happen to live in the same area, and there's just this big like two five two to five minute aside where he starts talking about these foxes, and that's what it felt like. It felt like they didn't have enough material to do this all about uh, Andre the Giant, so they had to focus on something else. Um, and I think that kind of took it a little way because I know how the, the territories work. I know how Hogan got that big, but I suppose it was it did have to be made for, like the beginner. I suppose that was the other thing about that. It just felt like at times that they were talking down to me. Uh, so if you are a huge wrestling fan, there were, there were a lot of uh, points where I was just. You know, I know these stories. I know them already. That there was that kind of feeling. Uh, like I say, the whole you know how how hard he gets to 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 move and to you driving around and cars and that you know planes and all this type of stuff. And we know these stories. We've heard these stories probably hundreds of times. But if it, you, I suppose it has to be created in the sense that no one's ever seen it before. So it's just me sort of nitpicking at that point. But I I found this a really really fascinating. Documentaries one I, I definitely recommend to everyone to watch. Uh, as I say, I'm really surprised they didn't hold. I mean, maybe it's a HBO thing. Maybe it's a rate. Maybe it's they just wanted it for the, the, the channel and the TV show and everything. But I personally, I probably would have put maybe another say 10 you know, 10, 15 minutes of footage on there. Get this in the theaters maybe around June, July time. And I would, you know, I think Sundance happens around that time. Some you know Sundance get it in cans. You could you could have easily have had. A best document, and you know, produced by WWE, I'm sure they would have loved all that kind of publicity and all the kind of accolades that would have come with it. I just think that they really, they kind of dropped the ball on that side of things. I think this is one of the strongest documentaries I've seen in a long, long time, and surprisingly, they did that. But I really would recommend it to everyone to watch. It's a great, great documentary. If you if you can get it, it's, it's I presume it'd be on HBO over, over in the states. But uh, if you follow me on Facebook, uh, there is a, a link. Uh, I obviously posted a link because I was watching it from a particular link on YouTube. Hopefully, it doesn't get pulled down. I don't think it's an official HBO one, but if it doesn't, it hasn't been pulled down yet. Usually, it's like within a day, it's gone. But this is I'm doing this about two days later. So it's still there because I did check on that before. So if, if you if you follow me on Facebook, there is a link from that. And uh, hopefully you can watch this. I say it's a really good uh, documentary. I really did enjoy it. And say so I, I believe everyone would. Um, hopefully they can do a few more of these things. I've always wanted them to do more on, I mean, a concise look at maybe like ECW or that type of thing. I think the Monday Night War was a good one, but it was just because it was over... Was that 20 episodes or something, I just wanted more something more concise. The rise and fall of WCW was a good uh, way of doing that, and the rise and fall of ECW was a good way of doing that as well. But maybe if they got this like the sheen of HBO to do it, uh, especially with um Paul Heyman, yeah, Paul Heyman, Stephanie, um, you know, with his sort of rub from Rock- Brock Lesnar and. I, I really think that they could do something more with that. But it'd be surprising if they if they don't, because there's a lot of, obviously, wrestling stories that could that could be done. And, and it's always good to to see that, you know. I mean, I, I think what I did enjoy most about this is that to find out that he was, apart from, you know, potentially him being able to bury, bury people, he was generally, gen, genuinely, generally a nice guy. He was the gentle giant. He was the guy who, you know... He always wanted to do things with people, and I think I, I found that really heartwarming in a sense. So if you if you um, if you like a lovely documentary, if you I mean I, I would say if you're a wrestling fan, you're going to be watching this anyway. But if you if you just sort of clicked on on on, on my thoughts and you just want to hear a documentary or see a documentary, that's really just. Quite heartwarming, especially if you're a fan of like the Princess Bride. This whole section about him being in that, and if you've if you got the recent uh, Princess Bride Blu-ray that they released uh, last year, there's a lot of documentary stuff about Andre the Giant as well. Um, so if you if you haven't got that, um, I don't think I reviewed that when it came out. I don't think I did a spare change about that. But if you I, I, if you haven't, um, I would I'd definitely say um, pick that up because it's got a, a lot of good good sort of backstage stuff with um, Andre the Giant as well. So that's all from me. Uh, I say I would probably give it. I'd say I'd give this about a five out of six lightning bolts. I think it's it, there's a few minor issues, but they're mainly just my minor issues. I think there's it is a great documentary, and uh, it's surprising that WWE didn't you know, trying to sort of. I know they produced it to some extent, but I'm surprised they didn't. You know, want to sort of capitalize this, make this a new set because I don't think Andre Jones had a set. He's had a, a few sort of compilation, sort of archival type ones, but not a true DVD release or Blu-ray release. And this probably would have been a great sort of addition to that. So as all, as always, uh, thank you very much for listening. My name is Dangerous Dave, and you will been listening to WrestlingAudio.com. Woo! This has been a presentation of WrestlingAudio.com, and most of all sick of you fans who actually buy into that crap the time you've spent listening you'll never get back